You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome to Sovereign Self. I am your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and your two, how do I put it this time, guys? Fabulous, (laughs) divine, miraculous... Wonderful, insightful, engaging. I kind of like super fantastic. Okay, super fantastic. Go on, Sarge. I'll go for I'll go for that too. <laughs> Rod Mayer and Karen Murphy. So yes, that's they're all that. Believe me, and more. And it's wonderful to be back talking to you, our wonderful audience, who we do appreciate very much. And tonight we have an interesting program. It is probably going to be more centered on the chaos that is coming, that we believe is coming, I shouldn't say it that way, that we believe is coming, and many others do too. And it can be in various forms, and certainly there is a lot of talk now about how much trouble we seem to be heading to, everything from oil and the bond markets to currencies and banks. It's not beginning to look too pretty at all. The interesting thing about that is when things begin to break down, there is a way by becoming more of your sovereign self that you can mitigate the chaos and nightmares that may want to come in. Mm-hmm. But there's a way to stop them from coming in. And we're here to help do that. And that can actually be applied to any shock that happens in your life. We hope what we say will help you on that. Now, the other thing that we brought up and we're talking about for the program tonight, which I find is interesting, is about our sleep patterns and sleeping more and what a lot of people are saying about that from an energetic and higher spiritual self and how that is flowing into exactly talking about chaos and things that are happening. So with that, I will throw it out to you, Ron, and Mm -hmm. see if you want to start with something. Well... Financial indicators, I think, is first where I'd like to to head off with in regards to what we're beginning to see occurring in 2016. Martin, you're right, 2016 appears to be a very huge year for increased turmoil and change in the economic markets. Some of the indicators, for instance, that I'm beginning to look at or that I'm beginning to see, some of these stats are just absolutely mind-boggling. There's one here that says the uh, number of job cuts in the United States skyrocketed 218% during the month of January. And this was according to Challenger, Gray, and Christmas. The Baltic Dry Index just hit another brand new all-time record low. And as the person was writing this article, he was saying that it was sitting at 303, which is extremely low. The U.S. factor orders have now dropped for 14 months in a a row. There are dozens, literally dozens here that is listed in this article with regards to the changes that we're seeing and struggling just in the month of January. Mm -hmm. And, And of course, there are things that have been going on 
that are getting worse as time goes on from that factor and it, and it's certain banks around the world are are big ones mm-hmm. are having some trouble oh yes absolutely and, and oh yes or has it that they're struggling as well i know that I, I won't name a bunch but there's there has to be at least a dozen that are a bit worried about what the future is bringing and, and where everything is going so their stocks are dropping. Their, their oh yes, some of the. I'm going to be a little braver. Some of the banks that they have listed, the biggest one is Deutsche Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Credit Suisse, we have Santander, we have Barclays and RBC. These are amongst some of the larger banks where their stocks are falling sharply, sending apparently shockwaves through the financial world. And, and again, Deutsche Bank being the largest bank in Germany, it has more exposure apparently to derivatives than any other bank in the world Uh, and right now according to the article it was saying that Deutsche Bank had just uh, declared that they had lost a staggering 6.8 billion euros in 2015 and so they're a bank that is definitely being looked at as you know having some some difficulty but all of these other ones like Credit Suisse and Royal Dutch Shell I think it is is a, is another one where uh, there are jobs being lost all over the place in some of these major corporations. Yes. Well, I think these are indicators of what we can find for those that are not making the headlines. Mm-hmm. So, what do those look like for us? What do you mean for the other banks? Exactly. Well, they're all they're all seen to be dropping. There's not many that have gained a lot of ground uh, that are of any major import so that some of the bigger ones are getting the hardest hit but they all seem to be under a lot of pressure these days right mm-hmm. exactly and that means that we need to understand that what is going out there is slowing down as you said martin to the the banks that are maybe not getting the exposure today because they're a little bit smaller but they're still being impacted and to what degree are they being impacted well, you gave a figure of how many billions they lost last year, Deutsche Bank. But if you look in the history for the many years, a lot of the banks were making six billion or more a quarter. Mm-hmm. So to move where losing double that, it has to be an indicator that things aren't quite as sunny as everyone seems to want to portray and no one's talking about. Because the other interesting thing here is you can find this online from all the economic magazines and investors and all the people who are talking about the money markets and everything else and what's going on. But where is it in the main news? You don't oh, see it not. in the main oh, news. Oh, it's, it's not there, guys. Mm-hmm. It is not there because our mainstream news feels the compassion to not have it there. Yeah. And... Hello. We all have the right to know what's going on. Well, yes. it, would also, it would also cause the question for most people to say, okay, those who are, are steering the ship, what have they been doing? What are they doing? Yeah. They're, they're exactly. steering this economic ship that the world is cruising, you know, cruising down. Who's actually at the helm here? Right. And they would obviously not want the public to know how truly bad the situation is for fear that they will lose credibility even that much faster. And I think you can also end up causing people to panic and pulling their money and all sorts of things, which probably wouldn't help the situation. Mm -hmm. But there's the other end of that, too. We've mentioned banks Mm -hmm. and that, but when you look at the oil companies, 
I read last month that the bets are that uh, Shell would be the first one to collapse. Yeah. But the thing there is that oil companies are losing a fortune. And with various laws and things that are in place, a lot of them may not survive. And when you see a, a big oil company or two and a lot of smaller ones begin to collapse because they have to go bankrupt, plus problems with the banks, plus many other things, it has to make you wonder, how can this be escaping people? I think it's good to know. And part of this leads to, when I talked in the introduction about chaos, mm -hmm. part of this will lead to chaos for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Obviously, particularly the people who lose their jobs. But beyond that, for the rest of us, if you don't lose your job, but things begin collapsing around you from an investment and other point of view, right? you have to remember that with any type of chaos and collapse of one system, that's when you need to begin to have the right leaders to step into place and look at it and go, okay, that didn't work. Mm -hmm. And it's the only thing that usually causes people to step up and put something in place that will work because they hang on to the old, hang on to the old, hang on to the old. And until it collapses, no one's ever willing to look at it. It's, it's humankind's story in too many ways that disaster brings us together. Mm -hmm. right. And this is an opportunity to come together, not to separate, not to panic. Absolutely. I think that part of this, when we look at who's making the headlines, and that's what I was making a joke about a little bit earlier, yeah. it was some of the smaller institutions are not making headlines, mm. but they're following suit. And I, I think at this point in time, we have to, as a society, say, what the heck is going on? Right. And what are we going to do about it? Yes, exactly, because... It's us that can help it an awful lot. Exactly. And number one, we can help it by getting leaders in place who actually know what they're doing and say, we're fed up of mm -hmm. who's in control. We're fed up of them not doing it right. We're fed up of collapsing banks and oil companies and everything else that you did nothing to stop. And essentially, most of them have done nothing to stop it. You know, I'm also curious, whenever there is difficulties, whenever there is chaos, this is when you usually get to see people getting together to resolve the mm -hmm. differences. When there is no chaos, the boundaries, the separations are there to prevent mm -hmm. people from joining together in right. order to resolve certain things. Yeah, And perhaps the media and the fact that all of these stats, and there are literally others, I'm, I'm going to go down a few more here. Yahoo has just announced that it will be getting rid of 15% of its total workforce. Mm -hmm. Johnson & Johnson has announced that it is slashing its workforce by 3,000. Sprint just laid off 8% of its workforce, and GoPro is letting go of 7% of its workers. All over America, retail stores are shutting down at a staggering pace. The following list comes from this gentleman's, I'll see if I can find the guy's name, his article. He's saying that, of course, everybody knows that Walmart, for instance, is closing 269 stores, uh, of which 154 are inside the United States. Kmart is closing down more than two dozen stores over the next several, uh, several months. JCPenney will be permanently shutting down 47 more stores after closing a total of 40 stores in 2015. Macy's okay. has decided that it needs to shutter 36 stores and lay off approximately 2,500 employees. The Gap is in the process of closing 175 stores in North America. These are major retail outlets that people 
recognize that they, they know these stores. And so when they start seeing that, surely it's going to trigger, well, what exactly is going on here? Yes. That combined with the increase of food prices, the lack of food, actually, they're saying there's a shortage out of California because of the drought. Yes. Right. And yeah. if you have to import from elsewhere, then it costs more. But it's very interesting that all of these things are out there. And most people heard about Walmart because it hit a lot of the headlines. Mm-hmm. Right. But you don't yes. hear a lot about the other stores unless it's affecting your city particularly. Again, yeah. And when you begin putting it all stores, mm-hmm. the oil companies, the it just begins to add up to be a real nasty picture. Well, you know, it's interesting because as I was going about my day today, uh, Martin, I, I know you are on social media and being very busy and so on, but you actually shared something that I thought was really beautiful. And that was a story on the importance of fighting with someone on something. Yes. And I thought that was a beautiful story. And for our listeners, I, I tend to only read short snippets of most things. But this caught my attention. It caught my attention because it made sense. It had depth. Mm-hmm. And it had a realization that we actually need to actually pay attention to this stuff. And figure out how we're going to, as a society, move together. Martin, maybe you could talk a little bit about that? Yep, certainly. It, it was a exper- set of experiments by a psychologist named Musafir Sheriff. And what he did was he wanted to know if people are inherently prejudiced or not. And that's sort of how it all started off. And he did this experiment without telling them at this boy's summer camp. Right. They were broken into two groups called the Rattlers and Eagles. And during the first week, they did what most kids do. They swam, they canoed, you know, they cooked out. All Everything was great. But in the second week, they decided to try their experiment. Mm-hmm. And they began to say, okay, you two groups are now going to compete against each other in baseball, tugs of war, all that type of thing. And when he actually set the kids into a competition mode, they actually got very nasty. Mm-hmm. They began taunting. One of them burnt the other people's uh, flag. Fights broke out. Mm-hmm. And after bullying, just two, bullying, all kinds a- of things. After two weeks, they ended up being complete enemies. But he thought, well, can we turn this around? Which was the other part of the experiment. He began introducing a series of unifying tasks that could only be achieved if all the kids worked together. And he set out these tasks and had them work together to solve problems and fix things around the camp. It was amazing. At the end of the week, they were all best friends and buddies again, and everything was wonderful. (laughs) What it showed was that when you go into competition mode, and you believe all this hype about competition is good, it is not. It pits people against each other. It separates you. But key thing here, was that when you find common ground, and he went on to talk about how the article writer talking about the psychologist. The political he, parties, yeah. Yeah, when he, ta- when he began talking to his opposite political party, he was liberal, so he began talking to people who were more Republican. Right. And especially with Christians and evangelicals. And he asked them about what's their family values and that type of thing. And And it was interesting that he said, once he began talking to them, and he never said he was liberal originally, he began talking about them, he found they really believed in a lot of the same things. Mm -hmm. And then when he told them he was liberal, they were taken aback. 
But then they were surprised, because they'd never really spoken to a liberal before about this, that they actually thought alike. What he realized was that when he did this more and more through time and with a lot of people, he said, it's amazing how much we're all very much alike and we all very much want very similar things. Mm -hmm. And he said, we always found common ground on something we could work together on. That's right. And then they became fast friends. Mm-hmm. As opposed to all this competition, 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 and right. hatred. He said that the whole system now is set up for setting up that competition, us against them, they, us. And he said that when you actually begin breaking that down and find something they can both work on, it doesn't take long before they like each other and they're working beautifully together. Mm-hmm. That's what we have to remember going into this chaos exactly. that's coming up. Exactly. Is that... If we work together, we can solve these problems, and it's always been shown that way. And it is that concept of oneness. Mm -hmm. And I think when I read that today, Martin, that's what resonated with me the most, because I've been feeling the same chaos that everyone else is feeling. Yeah. And yet when I read that, I thought, it doesn't matter. And, And my belief has always been it doesn't matter which religious belief or cultural belief you're from. Mm -hmm. It's about where your core values are. And if they're aligned, they're aligned. Yes. And we are one. Understanding that concept. And I just thought when you shared that, I thought, wow, that made such great sense to me. Yeah, that's exactly what life should be about. But that's why it's interesting. And you said it before too wrong. I've said it is that it's in these times of chaos that we actually have a propensity to come together because we have Mm -hmm. common worries, common things we want to change. Well, and again, we're, it's almost as if we need to be, humanity always needs to get into survival mode to break down the competitive barriers in order for us to join together to find creative solutions. Right. It's, it's either we find the creative solutions or we're going to die altogether. Right. And that's exactly what separation causes. But that's the interesting thing about this time. And with more people becoming more aware and moving to their higher selves, and our energy expanding, and our connection between heart and mind growing, Mm -hmm. is that it's an amazing, wonderful time right now. Because as that chaos, whatever it is, economic and other things begin to happen, we will naturally tend to come together. But with the opening of spirit, it's the first chance, well, we failed every time before, it is a chance for humanity to work together and then stay together. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> absolutely, Martin. It is an opportunity that's being presented to us once again. And what are we going to do with it? Mm-hmm. How are we going to bring this forward? We talk a lot about, and we are all in agreement, we are feeling chaos. I'm not sure if our listeners are feeling chaos. I'd be a little perplexed to think that just the three of us <laughs> are feeling <laughs> chaos. Oh, no, it's, it's just you, Karen. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would think that a whole lot of our listeners and everyone in general is feeling a certain amount of chaos. I think what we're trying to bring together here is how do we unite? How do we bring it together? I'm not telling you what to do, but how do we embrace those things that are in front of us that say we can actually unite together on common ground? doesn't matter if we believe in the exact same political stance, whether it be liberal, whether it be democratic, whether it be NDP, whether it be 
doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we are on the same stance on any of those things other than we unite on the fact that we actually care in unity. There's also another aspect here that I want to bring forward with regards to the changes that we're going to be seeing. And there are going to be phenomenally huge changes, changes in the way we see the economies, changes in the way we engage with one another, changes in the financial system. Everything is going to be changing. It's not so much that the change and, the, and this change is going to get people's attention. Everybody's going to be looking at that. And this is where I'm trying to let people know that this is not what the awakening per se is all about. The change is as a result of the awakening. Yes. So it's the expansion yes. of consciousness that people will be embracing. Exactly. This is where, where the true after. changes and this is where the true answers will lie when we come together as a people. As we continue to expand our awareness and we come together, new ideas that we never would have thought of before mm-hmm. are going to start presenting themselves as these crux periods, these intense collapses begin to happen around us. This is where the answers will come from. It's our expansion of consciousness, exactly, which is what we need to continue to focus on and say, this is where the true awakening lies. And removing the separation from it all, keeping the continuity together, regardless of whether it's a political affiliation, a religious affiliation, whatever it happens to be, we are all connected. And I think what you're saying, Ron, is we're going to see some stuff coming through that we're going to have to really, to move forward, band together. Yes. And reevaluate our... And reevaluate, yeah. Exactly. And with the expansion of consciousness will come an expanded vision. Exactly. Yeah. And so change is going to be, it can be very terrifying. It can be very unsettling. But I truly do believe that humanity is up for it and that we will come ahead. We are on the verge of seeing some amazing things. I love what India is doing right now with regards to sticking it, so to speak, to the oil cartels by not, <laughs> cave, not caving in with their free energy device. I can't remember right. what it's called. But they're holding to it. They're wanting to make sure that this goes like wildfire in India. And so there are there are other free energy systems that are popping up or that are not based on carbon emissions or the, the carbon footprint and fossil fuels and gas. I'm already seeing humanity sur- surprise itself in, mm-hmm. in, what it, in what we're doing. What was really surprising about you know, the Indian government coming forward and supporting that and um, helping fund it and make sure it got out there mm-hmm. is that as far as I know, they're the first government to do so. Mm-hmm. All of it has tried to be private-based, and that's somewhat easier to shut down from a company and legal and other point of view. But when a government decides and makes up its mind, I give them kudos because they've made it very hard. They can't shut it down. (laughs) And it was interesting because India as a nation has been trying to worm its way into the big league with with the the big countries in, in, in the world. And they've been having a damnedest time trying to do that. There was was even some speculation that they were in, incredibly interested in reverse engineered extraterrestrial technologies that United States and the UK and some of these other countries had, and they were not sharing them. Mm-hmm. So 
this was also another reason why India put their foot down and said, well, we're going forward with this free energy, you know, device system, we're going to be, we're going to start promoting this, even though the rest of the world and the, the countries that are in control at this point are simply dead against it. They're still wanting to maintain control with regards to the oil cartels and, and the fossil fuels. Well, some mm-hmm. of the major ones, I'll put my kudos out there to Germany as well, that they're now over 70% of their electricity comes from alternative sources. Mm-hmm. They're probably the most advanced country on earth for how much of their energy comes from alternative sources. Now, I found it interesting that, yes, they had to build a couple of nuclear stations and people went, oh, well, you know, so much for that. You're building, and they said it takes time. We are growing. We need energy in the meantime. But hitting 70% and people are trying to poo-poo it is not that great. I'm going, really? Yeah. That's about the weakest stance on a byline I could ever see, and yet people have been doing it. (laughs) Well, we see that culturally. Even as we move towards solar energy, People are now criticizing where you're putting your solar energy money back to and where do you do you put it into this environment or where do you go with it? And we have to start someplace. Yes. And then move forward. Yep. It's not perfection day one. And this is where I believe some of the what Martin was referring to is where somebody will say, well, if, if it's not 100%, then don't it's not do worth it. it. Yeah. Then don't do it. Then it's not worth it. Yep. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. How do we well, move forward? Got, you can't move forward unless you start taking the baby steps. Exactly. You, have to, you have to learn how to walk before you can run. Yes. Exactly. And the technology is there for anyone to do it now. Yeah. I may have this wrong, but I think Germany by 2025 – was going to try and be like 100% alternative. Where the rest of the world is saying by 2025, we'll cut this by so much and cut this by that much. It's like, no, you can do it all. It's just they don't want to bother because they're still bought and sold by the the people in the non-alternative energy fields that own so much. But that will change. You see, this is how it all ties together. That will change as some of the current crisis in the oil industry and oil companies go bankrupt will begin to bring about, I hope, is that then more and more people will see, well, we have to move in that direction because this isn't working right anymore. And especially with the methane gas leak in California and other things happening, they're going, well, if there's alternatives and it's proven out there, let's get on it. But we need to have more people aware of that. I would say that very few people know that Germany is over 70% alternative energy. Well, of course, and that's right, because right. the major media is, is has been squashing yeah. Well, they've been bought. They've been told to toe the line with regards to the, the oil cartels and what they're... We'll never they're, hear about it in that mainstream. No. no. And there will be others. No, actually, it's amazing. I think we will actually begin to see certain major news, news articles begin to have a change of heart because they will know that if they don't change at some point when it becomes... When you can't keep the lid on the pressure cooker any longer, and the truth mm-hmm. comes out, those will be those who will have been suppressing it. Their track record will be very self-evident, and yep. if they don't start to deliberately do something about it, their yes. names are numbered. They are not going to make make the they they're not going to make the shift because they will see that they were part of the problem, and they were deliberately not making themselves available as part of the solution. Right. And that's particularly true, as, as you said, as more and more people through these energy shifts and what's going on become more aware. Mm-hmm. They will begin to say, I'm not listening to them anymore. And as that begins to drop and things begin to change, and then more news gets out, 
th yeah. there's a lot more people calling for why yes. don't you cover this as that gets to a critical mass they'll have to for self-preservation and the the corporations the robert murdochs they will they were they're going to lose out big time they will lose out if they don't change and begin to start reporting some of some of this material you know and it's there are other news medias the alternative news media for instance there are certain corporations out there that will begin to get huge recognition mm. and those are the ones that are going to be taking over exactly so what do you think are holding some of the people back what are your thoughts about individuals yeah, individuals and in some cases martin the corporations what do you think's holding them back I won't go to the corporations. I think it's an easy answer. It's it's their own self-interest, yes. and they don't want to change. But from an individual point of view, you have to remember that most individuals get their news from television. And if all they get is their information from television, and it's all been colored to suit a certain set of parties' Absolutely. information, yes. then they're not getting correct information. The sad thing there is that you only know what you know. Mm -hmm. you, you don't know what you don't know. But with the energy coming out, well, it's, it's a stupid but obvious statement. You're pulling a rubber spell on us. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's an obvious but true statement. It is, it is true. In that they don't know what they don't know. Exactly, but yes. with the energies opening up and people becoming more aware, these things will actually, because they're opening up, will come to their attention more often. Mm -hmm. And they'll look at it and go, oh my God, there's something in that. As right. opposed to before, oh, just garbage. Yes, exactly. They were, cognitive dissidence was alive and well before. I think it's beginning <laughs> to die. And now people are beginning to look at all the stuff by thousands and thousands more every month. Right. And they're, they're looking at it and going, no, this isn't right. There's something wrong here. Even I can sense it. When they begin to look, then they begin to become more aware. And that's what's shifting in society. Exactly. Uh, okay. I, mean, I, I also say what is also shifting is what we would term as common sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, the old yes. paradigm and the old common sense, a lot of people are still adhering to that. And as conscious awareness continues to expand into the new common sense, it's, it's going to be very difficult to, as what Martin said with, with cognitive dissonance, playing such a large role in suppressing people's desire to even want to look at whatever's new is coming up. It won't be so difficult they'll it, they'll just wake up i'm already seeing this with cer certain people and that surprised me they just wake up and all of a sudden it's like they're on board already it becomes natural it becomes yeah. just a it is what it is it is what it is and, they, yes. and it's it's not a yes. revelation any longer no. it's right. like looking at the, the young people with regards to the whole issue of homosexuality when i was much younger it was a huge leap in trying to release the judgments and everything. But with these new kids that are coming up, they, they look at that and they say, well, I don't even understand why you were judging it in the first place. Who cares? Yeah. There's, it's there's, their life. That's right. There's no <laughs> none of the old paradigm judgments that are infecting these new children, and they're just already taking it as, well, it's just the way it is. Exactly. And you know, you know Ron, you make a really good point. Years ago... It was like, oh, I'm going to talk about this. Oh, we're going to talk about homosexuality. Now today, they're like, um, I'm sorry, you're telling me what? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's as it should be. It's, it's a non-issue anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except for certain groups. 
Now, there's the interesting part. I, I do believe that the majority of the population will become more aware and, and break out oh. of their cognitive dissonance. Yes. But there will always be those, and we should put it out there, that will fight it to the nth degree. Oh, absolutely. For sure, for sure, for and, sure. And they won't want to listen to any of it, and they'll get more and more vitriol about uh-huh. what conspiracy is going on, that the rest of the world has been brainwashed and... You know, it's like everyone's out of step but my Johnny. But it will be interesting to see whether those very same people who refuse to move on, how they will affect their children. Yes. Will mm-hmm. their children adopt the same stance? Or will their children just say, Mom and Dad, you're old-fashioned. This, the world no longer operates on, you know, on your frequency. Well, things, exactly. are, things have changed. And I think the children... Yes. So, so you're, what I'm saying is that you're going to end up seeing these people will actually have to die with their beliefs. Mm-hmm. They will die out. They will take a generation or two, but you mm-hmm. will see many of them die with their firm judgments and not wanting to expand. Well, that's the wonderful thing about children. When they get into their later years, their <clears throat> teen years, and when they begin moving out and forming their own opinions, mm-hmm. it, they usually are very anti what their parents wanted. Yeah, um, and that's their breaking away in freedom, right? To make up their own mind. Mm-hmm. And it's part of what they do to decide, <clears throat> excuse me, who they are and who they want to be. That's also an indication a, of just how quickly consciousness is expanding. Yes. It's, it's challenging generation by generation, where before it would take 100 to 200 years to go through what we are going through within 20 years. Yeah, every generation. It's phenomenally fast now. So Absolutely, yeah. We're seeing the change happen even within, the own, within our own generation. Oh, yeah. This yeah. generation questions everything. Mm-hmm. They have their own – they are devising their own paradigm yeah. in many ways. They have their own mind and awareness. And Absolutely. Thank God for that. <laughs> but one thing I did want to bring up, and I mentioned it in the introduction, and I'll try and work it in here. <laughs> okay. Is Go about I've read a, read a lot of articles recently on pe- people who are more spiritually in tune, more aware, more consciously conscious, are having a f- harder time with their sleep. Oh yes. Oh, don't bring that up, Mark. Please don't. <laughs> yes. Please don't. <laughs> and, and I've read a lot of articles where they said you may find you want to sleep more. Mm-hmm. Also, it gets into the whole dreams. More and more people in that situation are are having dreams that are more real. They're actually a bit more bizarre than they're used to from a, from situations, locations, and they're somewhat more uncomfortable. Ron, you had an interesting thought on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. It's about um, actually fighting. Yes, there is. <coughs> what I how I'm perceiving this, and this is very much where I'm at these days, folks. I'm, maybe over the last month to month and a half, have been extremely, extremely tired, very fatigued. Many times, even if I get a lot of sleep at night, for instance, I'll wake up in the mornings and I'm, I'm exhausted. I've got no energies. But on top of that also is my sleep patterns itself have been very chaotic. I will many times wake up at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning, and I can't get back to sleep again. One of the suggested reasons for this was that at this point in the juncture of the human race, there is a tremendous, a tremendous amount of negative energies, negative beings in the lower fourth dimensional astral plane, of which... 
if the earth is going to heal, this also must heal. There's a lot in the fourth dimension in the lower astral planes that needs to heal. Those of us who are the light workers and very dedicated to our evolution in this lifetime, and we're committed to seeing the earth and the human race through this ascension process, many of us are apparently doing a lot of battle work with regards to many of these darker frequencies in the in the astral plane in the fourth dimension. And we're doing this in the, in the middle of our dream states. We're going and we're tackling the changes that are needing to happen in the fourth dimension. And therefore, when we're coming back, we're finding that the body has not had that rested period, especially if you have a tendency to wake up and not sort of go back to sleep again. It means that your physical body is not getting the necessary rest it needs in order for you to wake up the next morning and begin a natural workday. So we're impacting our physical process simply because by the amount of huge work that we're doing in the fourth dimension right now. And many of the star, uh, the, uh, the star seeds and the indigos and the light workers are of this fatigue that seems to be plaguing them in, you know, lately. And you, Karen, you seem to be saying the same sort of thing for dreams and bizarre situations and locations, but you said they were a reflection of, of things that happen during your day. Now, do you think that has to do with things that happen during the day, or I'm asking a question, does it have to do with things during the day that were uncomfortable or not quite right, or something was there, and maybe you're battling it in your dream state as well? I think you're right on two counts, Martin, and that is that I would say that probably if you'd asked me this a couple months ago, I was having some very bizarre dreams. Yeah. Dreams that I could not remember that seemed very, very real. And yet when I awakened, I had no recollection of them at all. Mm-hmm. And as time goes on, when I'm having my dream state now, I actually feel like they are emulating what's going on in my, uh, I want to say my spirit world mm-hmm. okay. is, is the best way to put it. It's what I envisioned things will look like, but it's very realistic, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about lucid dreaming, where it's almost like there's a blur between what is dream and what is real, and that the yeah. dream can feel really real at times? You know, there. I think there's, for me personally, I think that there is two two things that are happening here. There are those of us that are, as I said, doing a lot of the battle work and we're we're doing a lot of changes in the fourth dimension. There are also those who are doing the spiritual battle in that they're expanding their conscious awareness to such a degree that it is affecting their ability to pull in what they're doing from the higher dimensions into their uh, logical ego mind through their intuitive mind so that lucid dreaming for instance can be a huge indication that you're expanding your consciousness on on multiple levels right yeah well the one thing i find interesting is i've always had really kind of wonky sleep patterns i have a period of time in my life where and i go through it in cyclical spaces where i will sleep at eight hour night right but more often than not i'm a two-hour, two-hour, three-hour. And what does that look like? And what I found is over the last couple of months, 
my cyclical cycle of two hour, two hour, two hour, when I wake up, they are almost bizarre dreams. I I remember, Martin, to your question, I I remember them for the moment and then they're gone. What I'm finding now is I actually remember them. Mm. But I don't wake up, Ron, as you said, with that same fatigue. I wake up as fully rested as if I've had... Yes. It's the most bizarre thing. And I, I I look at the clock and think, oh, my goodness, you've done three hours. And yet somehow I feel completely rested, invigorated, ready to start my day. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, not sure what that – This is where I think that's – I'm saying there's two types of things that are happening here. Perhaps you're not at this point doing the battle in the astral planes so much as still focusing on expanding your awareness. You're doing your part on expanding your awareness as much as you can. It was interesting when you're saying that you're breaking up your sleep patterns. That was one of the things that Jane Roberts and the Seth material had stated at one point that – we would have better recall of our dreams and far more lucid dreams should mm-hmm. we decide to break up our sleep patterns and ha- have three periods mm-hmm. where in the 24 hours yes. where you you know you you go to sleep for you know 3 3 or 4 hours and you wake up and then you go back you know break right. it into three rather than into two when it's two it's a lot harder on the physical body it's not really mm-hmm. it doesn't rejuvenate as 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 easily as it could mm-hmm. So when you're mentioning that you're doing your three hours or you're breaking up your sleeping patterns, yes, I can see that as assisting you in your your dream and your ability to pull in your higher understandings from your higher self. Yeah, and I think you're right. There's the two parts there, and I think right. I can interject, Karen. I think what you're doing is you are battling, but you're removing things from your energy field that yes. you no longer want to be there. And I think you're exactly. expanding greatly. Because you have, in the last few months, there's been a feeling of expansion in you. There my you go. best, my best supporters. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it's I, true. I also, I also want to state state here: there could very well be two distinct situations here. One where certain star seeds are battling in the astral plane, and then you could also have star seeds that are very focused on their self development and expanding their sense of consciousness. One is not better than the other. Oh no. If no. you find and I'm wanting our, our listeners out there to, to understand that if if they're not feeling fatigued or, or anything, that somehow they're not doing their job at assisting the human race. If you're expanding your consciousness, you are doing just as much and just as valuable work as if you were actually engaged in the battle in the fourth dimension. Well, well it's interesting you say that, Rod, because when I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I know what my sleep pattern was like. I should be exhausted. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not. Yes. No. I am ready and raring you're, to go and I carry out my day. And You're expanding your energy. And, crazy. and don't forget how many times on this program have we said <laughs> that it is your sovereign self exactly. and your expanded energy and expanded mm-hmm. love and heart center that will change humanity Yeah, because you affect everything around you. Now, again, going on the flip side, that's not to say that if you are battling negative beings or energies, as you said, Ron, in the, in the fourth, that that's not necessary also. it's right. It's almost like a two-pronged front to move everyone forward yes all of it is needed needed yeah everything is needed if not only does the human race 
need to resolve its issues, but we're also assisting the planet. The planet has massive mutations in the fourth dimension. Yeah. It's going through its cleansing process. And the more that we can help the mm -hmm. planet, the less likely we will see some of the massive earth change destructions that have been forecasted. Yeah, exactly. and it needs to be done exactly on those two fronts. Help the planet ascend, yes. move yes. us, and help people more easily ascend. You know, it's, 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 it's almost like, well, yeah, I come back and I'm exhausted and I'm having a tough day, but then Karen, God bless her, she's got all of the energy. And <laughs> so so there's, a, there's a, almost a balance. We're, we're assisting one another. Yep. When one person is down and low in energy, there's another person that is ready to take the mantle and move forward because their energies are great. It's all part of what is essential and, and is necessary and has to happen. Yeah. So I think part of it is there is no right and wrong to this process. Never. Exactly. The process is the process. That's it. Yes. And, and it will be different for each individual right. depending upon where they are in their space and time. Mm -hmm. And as we move in, as we said at the beginning of the program, 2016 appears to be a year of massive change. Oh, yes. To compare yourself with anybody else as to where they are on their path will become almost obvious that is not it's not it's not possible any longer. Well, exactly, and it almost goes back, Ron, to when I was talking earlier about Martin's post with respect to the the boys in the camp and how they made the competitive. Yes. Why would we want, as opposed to being individuals and move forward as we are meant to move forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Break down that separation. Exactly. I like the part we were just saying that there's no right or wrong, as you said. Everyone has their part to play, and everyone will have their part to play, and will do it. But the thing there is, we so often want to be in competition and compare. Mm -hmm. And yes. you always think the grass always looks greener on the other side. <laughs> Try watering it. Yeah. <laughs> but... No matter what route you're taking, and we've only mentioned two, I wouldn't, I don't imagine that there aren't more, that it is right for you, it is helping, and it will always help because you can't build something without having many skills and uniqueness of people brought into the mix. Exactly, yes. And it's all our unique attributes, and yes, some of them overlap, but it doesn't make one better than the other. They're all required. You know, someone may know how to paint a fender, but if someone doesn't know how to put an engine in, what's what's the use to the car? Well, yeah. that brings us back to our sovereign self, right? Exactly. Back to exactly where we're at. We talk about metaphors, and as you said, Martin, about the fender, you can't run a car if there's no wheels. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Uh -huh. But you can't run wheels without a car. Yeah, and I know we've used that analogy before. You brought it up before about the, without the steering wheel and without the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it, it. It's connectivity, right? We are all interconnected, and everyone has a role to play, and everyone has a place in this universe, in this space and time, and mm -hmm. we get to move along. And as we've talked to our aspects of self-sovereignty, we move along with non-judgment. We move along with coming from your heart center. We all get to go through this journey, and how exciting is that? Yeah. It's very interesting. You know, two years ago, I would read articles, and someone would say, oh, well, you know, if you're expanding yourself, and I won't get into the whole frequency and mm -hmm. all that end of the terms they use wrong, but 
they say if you're expanding your frequency is what they'd often say, then this will happen and this will happen. And I don't know, a lot of people would read that and go, well, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? Yes. Because Doesn't everyone happen goes the same for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And don't read something and think, oh, that's not happening to me. There's something wrong. Yeah, it's your unique journey. It's your unique journey, but it may never happen to you. Some people put out lists that say this has to happen. There's very few things that have to happen in order to move humanity forward. Oh, that's Martin, that's expectations. We'll have another show about that. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, the one I always go back to is coming from your center of love, and love is the solution. That's the only one I could find is the foundation and the cornerstone of everything. Everything else just flows as it will, and, and you get there in your own way. But you you make a good point about how people compare to one another, mm-hmm. and that goes back to that whole concept of expectation. If we put a, a, a thought process out there that says, this is what I expect, mm. what happens if it's different from that? You get usually get depressed, you get upset. Exactly. And there's no what if, exactly. And what if you had no expectation? How glorious would that be? And that's called... For for me, says that's spontaneity. <laughs> Going with the flow. Going with the flow. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It gets into a more complicated conversation, and we don't have time. But yeah, in essence, you have to be intuitive and open to everything, as mm-hmm. opposed to having a very narrow vision. And if it doesn't happen exactly. this way, then I'm a failure. Yeah, that is a that's a condemnation. Would... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or that it's wrong and that, exactly. that we shouldn't be engaging it. This is where going with the flow and spontaneity, will uh, moving into those, will assist everybody in the upcoming changes because the changes are going to be coming at us at such a ferocity and so fast and so quick that uh, it, will, it will literally make people's head spins. And if they're, <laughs> yeah. if they're stuck in, in, with their control issues, that it has to be such and such, otherwise it's not going to happen, you will cause more distress and more pain than it's worth. Yes. Well, exactly. And oftentimes, I've often talked over the shows about my vision of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And that goes a little bit beyond being thankful for the good things, as we've yeah. talked before. And that is when something happens that doesn't meet your expectation and oftentimes we'll we'll equate it that to that is wrong Mm. or that didn't work out right and it's moving forward and saying that did happen Mm. and think about what happened after that and if you look back on your life and i i'm getting up there Uh (laughs) and if you look back on your life and you think wow that was not the thing i expected to happen but look what happened afterwards Wow. Talk about embracing that. Oh, it's true. There's a story I always used to tell before, and it was about a person. I don't know where I got it from. It might have been Neil Donald Walsh. It might have been someone else. But it was a person was looking forward to a promotion at their work. Mm-hmm. They thought they were going to be made manager. Right. And they get a big increase, and everything would be going fine. When it came down to stating who would be manager, just before they did, this person got let go. It devastated them because they thought they were going to be made manager. Instead, they were let go and they were totally confused. Mm-hmm. What in actuality happened in this instance was the person didn't like the company. They didn't like the people they were working for. They really didn't like the aspect of a lot about the job. 
but they felt they had to get ahead to help the family, support them, get more money, so they were vying to be the manager. But in reality, what happened when they got laid off, they actually found another job fairly quickly. The people were more in like kind and thinking of what they liked. They got along better. They were more cooperative. They actually ended up in a much better place. But the thing that happened there that I always make note of isn't so much that they ended up in a better place. It is that they were not even aware that their subconscious mind and even sometimes their conscious mind was going, oh, Sometimes I just hate this place, I hate working with these people, I want to get out of here. And then their mind would go over and say, but I want this job. Exactly, And yes. you're putting out to the universe that you hate the place, you can't work there, you don't like these people, all these things are horrible. But on the other end, you're putting out this one piece about saying, I want to be manager. So you're tied to these expectations, and yet you've got this thought process behind you that you really don't, truth be told, want yeah. yeah and that's what people sometimes forget they don't connect the dots and are not even conscious enough to recognize that what they're focusing on is so narrow and they don't even realize what they hate about the place they say it in one line but then they don't connect it to the other side exactly yeah and that's what becoming consciously conscious is about you begin to recognize those things and you begin to say no this this is not what I, where I want to work and you start to think about them yeah, and you begin putting out where you do want to work, mm -hmm. put out that what vision, put right. out that whole statement about, I want to work in a place that's like this, and has people like this, and I'm going to be manager, and I'm going to be promoted to, you know, VP or whatever eventually. You can put all that out, but you have to be aware of it, and you have to put out the whole vision in order to keep thinking about it, focusing on it, and getting yourself there. But if you try and work it the other way, like that person did, no, it may not turn out as you wished, and it puts you through a lot of pain, but in the end, it did work out for you because the universe gave you what you were asking for, right. getting away from that place. <laughs> and that's not that, and Martin, you're absolutely correct, and that's about, as Ron, you were saying, not getting caught in that quagmire of, where do you think your life's going to go? What do you think's uh -huh. going to happen? Uh -huh. There's and, so much more going on. And I'll correct that line, Ron, because I just said it again. The, <laughs> yeah. I said the, the universe knew where you wanted to go. You knew where you wanted to go, and it was yes. your energy you put out that caused exactly. it that. Exactly. That's it more of a self-sovereign perspective. Yes. So to be clear, let me explain this. It is not the universe that does anything to you, and it's not anything that is being done to you. It is your creative energies that you put out there. It's your desires that you put out there that cause things to happen to you because it is a reflection of what you're putting out that you get back. So when you put out that you hate where you work, the universe will work on that desire and move you away from that because it is not your desire. So when you have conflicting desires and they're all over the place, they will all be worked on. And the ones you t speak about most will be the ones that come back to you and create a new life for you. So it's very important to look at your vision and what you desire so that you can be very conscious of what you're putting out so you can be very creative and get what you desire back and not something else. There is no separation between you and the universe. We are all one. There is nothing the universe or God is not, including you. So when you are working and creating what you desire, you are working with the universe as part of the universe to make it so. Yes. So, see, folks, 
we are all still a work in progress. Oh, oh my yeah. God, yes. And proud of it. Yep. Yes, that's I'm where very the joy proud of it. is recognizing that we're making gains. Yeah. Today yes. we make we make more gains. Yes. And, and I know we're coming close to the end, and I just are. wanted to share this one thought before we sign off for the night. We mentioned tonight, folks, that there's going to be a lot of chaos that is that is coming up. And with regards to chaos, it's not a bad thing as what many New Agers will will have you believe. Chaos and that type of thing is usually an indication that old energy is clearing out and that new energy is about to enter. So with that in mind, I just want people to become their observer and to be patient. Yes. Oh, good advice. Good advice, Ron. Very much. That boat says it in a nutshell. I was thinking what I could add, and I don't really want to add anything to that, Ron. It was well said. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But, everyone, if you would like to comment on any of our programs and what we've said, by all means, go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Sovereign Self, and we'd love to hear from you and read the articles we put up there and the writings we put up there. It's all can be quite entertaining if you like it. And I also have a short YouTube video that I've put on the site. It's been there for a while, but I want to keep it there. And it has to do with winners and losers. So when I was talking about competition earlier, it would be a a nice little short video to watch if you want to understand more of what I'm saying about why I don't think competition is necessarily a very good thing at all. So on that, everyone have a great week, if not a fabulous week, and we send you our love and energy that you can use at any time to help you through your day or any moment, because we truly do appreciate your tuning in, and we do hope you come back again. Yes, have a wonderful week, everyone. Have a fantastic week. Thank you for spending this time with us. Thank you for listening to The Sovereign Self. We will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self. If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. See you next week.